0: Entry: The Catch Scarlet Queen. Philip Carney Master. Position: 36 degrees 9 minutes south, 153 degrees 17 minutes east. Wind: light. Sky: fair. Remarks: Departed Sydney, Australia after involvement in British law. Reason for involvement: The Queen Anne Pistols and the dealer on King George Road. We spent three days in the bustling harbor of Melbourne on our run up the eastern Australian coast to Sydney. We put a general cargo into our holds, and by sunset of the third day, we were ready to cast off and clear port on the ebbing tide. My chief mate Gallagher bawled the crew out of their quarters and get to get to on the horses started the motor and turned back to give the go-ahead to two crewmen standing ready to heave the gangway aboard. Hey, Captain, there's a you to come aboard. An undernourished-looking character in well-worn tweed stood on the dock near the gangway. He was waving a paper-wrapped box in my direction. Hey,
1: Captain, call me, older. I've got a package I'd like to take you to Sydney with you. You'll be paid well. All right, bring it aboard. Thanks, Captain. <laughs> I'm Leonard Bonny, Captain. I learned in the shipping office in the nick of time as I was journeying to Sydney. Oh, did you clear the package through the office? Oh yes, here's the papers. Huh? I'd express it, you know, but they handle things so badly, and I'd like to have it delivered personally. To who? Oh, an antique gun shop at 272 King George Road, Sydney. broke a fat gent named uh, Arthur Worthing. He'll pay you handsome. That's fair enough. What is it? He's just a small box, Captain. But uh, have a care. It's holding a brace of 18th century pistols, and if the truth were known, Captain more than one murder has been committed not only by them, but over them. (laughs) Well, pleasant voyage, Captain. Pleasant voyage.
0: And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week a complete entry in the log, and every week a league further in the voyage of the Scarlet Queen. The address in Sydney that Leonard Bonney had given me was easy to find. But except for a sign and a few dusty weapons in the window, the establishment behind it looked more like an office for rent than a gun shop. Well, uh, good day, sir. Hello, you Arthur Worthing? Yes. I'm Philip Carney, master of the catch, Scarlet Queen. Uh, huh? Mr. Bonney telegraphed me to expect you. The package, sir. Yeah, here uh, Are you a fancy alarm, sir? No, nothing antique. Uh. Yes, sir. Two masterpieces from the shop of James Freeman Norwich, circa 1705, sir. Perfect examples of the early gunsmith's art, sir. The box he opened was leather-bound and satin lined. Fabulous item, sir. The two pistols that nestled in it were graceful flintlocks with ten-inch forged barrels, upon which were engraved a coronet, and a name so faint that I couldn't make it out. These pistols kept in profession during Queen Anne's reign. Yeah, well, I'm glad I was able to get them to you. Yes, uh, tell me, what do you think of the price of them? Twenty thousand oh, pounds. Long as I'm not buying them, it's all right with me. <laughs> Indeed, sir, a shrewd return. Yeah. Now your payment. Considering the outlay of personal time and interest, shall we say the equivalent of one hundred dollars, sir? Ah, no, that's more than enough, Worthing. Indeed, but uh, there's a purpose behind my generosity. Oh? You're perhaps not familiar with the uh, plots and counterplots of those who haggle over objects of extreme value. Secrecy is a most valuable adjunct. Do you follow? No, Uh, I think so. That's why the pistols were shipped with me. Exactly. Now, if I were to step from this establishment, sir, to make the final transfer, my adversaries would become immediately aware of the presence of the Queen Anne pistols here in Sydney. Oh, and since I'm a stranger... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Your movements would mean nothing. Captain Carney, I will double the freightage price, sir, in advance, if you will carry the pistols upon the final crucial leg of the journey. Well, where do they go? <laughs> Splendid, Captain. Here you are, sir. Slightly more than the original figure. Oh, yeah. It's about two pounds over. You want change? Bosh, sir. Hack fare and perhaps a splash on the way. Here's the address Victoria Drive. Large residence, a bit too ornate for my taste. On the left flank as you approach it from the east. Now, I'll be able to find it. What's the name? Mr. and Mrs. Jack Rawlins Hartford. Ask for either one. But give the pistols to nobody else. Yeah, and the money for them, that 20,000 pounds? uh... Aha, sir. The collection of that is up to me. Tell them that either Mr. Bonney or myself will contact them at the earliest opportunity. Agreed? That's fair enough. Oh, and one thing more, Captain. Yeah. You will be followed and watched, sir, until the delivery has been completed. Oh, Mrs. Hartford? Yes. What did you want? I'm here to deliver this package to you. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Can't remember ordering anything. Who is it from? Uh, Mr. Arthur Worthing. Arthur Worthing? I don't know any (laughs) Oh, no. What's the matter? (gasps) No, you... You... You couldn't. What's the matter, Mrs. Hartford? Aren't they the right one? Estelle, trouble. Who's this man? What is he? Good Lord, no. Where did they come from? I brought them. Estelle, go up to your
1: room. No. No, Jack, I want to know... What does it mean, Jack? What does it mean?
0: Quieter still. Go up to your room. But
1: Jack, it's important that
0: I know what all this means. You've got to tell me. Now, sir, what do you want? I don't want anything. I was paid to bring these pistols up from Melbourne. I got them from a man named Bonnie. Bernard Bonnie. He's here in Australia. That's right. I delivered them to a man named Arthur Worthing down on King George Road. Then he hired me to bring them out here to you. Who is Arthur Worthing? I don't know. I took it that he knew you. That you wanted to buy these pistols. That's what he said. And what is the sales price? 20,000 pounds and they'll contract... 20,000, that's impossible. Bonnie's insane. Oh, wait a minute, Hartford. What's the 45 for? Go back to Bonnie and your Arthur Worthing. Tell them the price is too high for either of us. Tell them I'm reporting your visit to the police. Now get out. That's a good idea, Hartford, but after five minutes in this house, I don't need an automatic to make me want to leave. I didn't bother with the leather-bound box, but I scooped up the Queen Anne pistols shoved them into my belt, and took the shortest route back to Arthur Worthing's gun shop on King George Road. I should have saved myself the anger I'd built up on the way. The place was not only locked, it was empty. And Arthur Worthing's sign had been replaced by another that said, Office for Rent, Enquire Number 13, Grove Square. I decided not to. I went back to the Queen and tossed the pistols into my desk drawer. Gallagher! Hey, Rhett! Captain Coyle, the chief in the ex corner shore. Oh, okay, caller. I hope they have better luck than I did. No good, sir? Rotten. Everybody's nuts in this port. Now you're lucky to be aboard. Hey, yeah, I may have a visitor or two. Give me a hail before you let them on, huh? Okay, sir. I looked the pistols over, but I couldn't find anything that would make them worth either twenty thousand pounds or the trouble of a mysterious disappearance. They were just what they looked like—a pair of old pistols. Under a strong light, I did make out the engraved name that I hadn't been able to read when Worthing showed them to me. It was Hartford, as in Mr. and Mrs. Jack Rawlins Hartford. Captain Carney! yeah, got like visitors bearing down on it. Okay, caller. I stuck my head out of the companionway far enough to see a familiar, undernourished figure in ratty tweeds making for the gangway. So all right, Colonel, let him aboard. Well, Mr. Bonnie, come on in. What I had in mind, Captain, I want to talk to you. You got that wrong. I want to talk to you. Oh, come hey, in.
1: and no, and no, no. what's all this? i
0: looked at too many guns today to let you keep one that I don't see. You let go of me. Sure. We'll feel a lot easier about one another with this Webley out in the open. All right, sit down. All right, all right. What makes those Queen Anne pistols so important, Bonnie? Well, there's them that like old things, you know. Worthing well,
1: told you that was worth 20000 yeah, and
0: more from what I've seen and heard. You shipped those pistols up from Melbourne with me and then arrived a few hours later yourself. Why? Because it wasn't healthy for you to arrive together?
1: Blimey, you've got an head on your shoulders, haven't you? Now, why don't you use it, matey? Arthur didn't take them pistols, so you must still have them. What about handing them over? No. Yeah, no. What do you want, Chum, a share
0: for yourself? I might, but first I want to know how I can keep myself clear. I don't know why, but I know they're hot. That puts me in a bad spot. How do I know the local bobbies won't be calling on me?
1: Come to think of it, I don't suppose you do know, do you? $200 of Worthing's money in your pocket for bringing the pistols and calling on the Artfords. I don't suppose you'd like it if they did. Now, would you? Huh? especially considering the stories Worthing and me would tell about you if we was pinched along with you. Who rehearsed you in that pitch, Bonnie? And where is the fat boy? Oh, he's waiting, patient, at the hotel. Fetch the pistols, Captain,
0: and we'll go find... Without the pistols, Bonnie. I think I can talk louder if they stay right where they are.
1: Bonnie. I brought the captain.
0: Well, Captain bunny. So, we meet again, Captain Carr. Yeah, we meet again. Come in quickly. Yes. Now the pistols, sir, give them to me. I didn't bring them. What's that? Well, in heaven's name, why not? What do you hope to gain by working at Cross-Prepancies? I don't you? want to gain anything. I just want to break even. I want to stay clear of the law so my sailing won't be delayed. If I can do that by keeping those pistols out of sight, they stay where they are until I leave. Then i drop them over the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. I may as well tell you. The pistols are of no consequence whatsoever. Half huh? oh, a moan now,
1: Worthing. They were important enough, right enough in London when first we talked about coming out here with them, weren't they? Of course
0: they were, Bunny. Of course they were. But now they've served their purpose. The Hartfords have seen them, my boy, and now they know that we are close upon their heels. We put the fear of the devil into them. Now, Bunny, it only remains for you to collect the money. Yes, the end of the path, Bonnie. So you see, Captain, you may have your precious pistols. Yeah, I see quite a few things. Blackmail, huh? Of the grossest sort, sir. But intricately and patiently contrived by Bonnie and me, so that now its profitable culmination is at hand. We will be handsomely paid by the Hartfords to keep secret a murder of which they are guilty. I think we need them pistols. Nonsense, my boy. They have no consequence. Eliminate them from your mind. Well, I guess that leaves me out, doesn't it, Worthing? I can go? Uh-huh. To clear yourself with the police, indeed you cannot. You value your ship's schedule too highly, sir, so for me to allow you your liberty now. Now, we're finished. we finish finished. be brought into sharp focus. Now, see if the captain has come bearing arms, Bonnie, whilst i control him with my own. Right, you are, and with pleasure, too. All right, you can save yourself the trouble. Well, I'll just have a look to be sure. No tricks now. I hope the judgment will hold you in check, Captain. If he does not, I shall be forced to kill you. Upon my word, sir, I mean that. Save the threats, Worthing. Get this punk off of me. He's not carrying anything, not even a blade. Uh, What now, Worthing? Unless you really want to use that gun, don't push me too hard. Oh, come now, Captain. Change your ass. I said what now, Worthing? I'm afraid, sir, that your ship is an ideal rendezvous for a final meeting between Mr. and Mrs. Hartford and myself. My ship? The city of this size? How far am I supposed to let you drag me into this? Surely, sir, since you have no choice. One more step is hardly a point over which to argue. And I to be alone with you. Perhaps you will find your chance to attack and overpower me. What do you think of that, sir? Maybe it'll be worth it. <laughs> hold on now, Worthing, hold on. Where will I be while this here meeting's taking place? You, Bonnie, will be right here, waiting word for me. When you receive it, you'll go straight away to the Hartford residence, where they'll be waiting for you with the initial payment of our 20,000 pounds. The game is won, my boy. Right, you are, Worthing. And a long one, it's been too. Yes, indeed it has, Bonnie. What a splendid quest. And now the Hartfords will be waiting for my phone call. Ready to purchase from us a peaceful future for themselves. Power, Bonnie. Power as is held by few men. The power to deal in freedom. Indeed. More than that. The power to sell life itself. <laughs> cabin here, if you please. Captain, I'm waiting. Oh, well. Mr. and Mrs. Hartford later, for it. most distasteful. Our powers meet at last. I'm uh, Arthur Worthing. You don't know me, but I assure you you shall. You remember Captain Carney, of course? Oh, yes. Quite. Yeah, they probably do. Yes, will you remember the captain? I'm afraid I have distressing news for you. News directly attributable to Captain Carney's interference. He has gained possession of the pistols steadfastly refuses to part with him. He's a thorn in my side. Do you expect sympathy from us, Mr. Worthing? I expect nothing from you, Mrs. Hartford. No more than your uncle, the Marquis of Hartford, could have expected from you had he known your true thoughts before you had him murdered. Are you lecturing, Mr. Worthing? You're planning to profit from the same death. Yes. Quite a profitable death to everyone, but the Marquis. His estate is fortune, to you and to the others at us who nibble at the edges a small share. Even to the captain here. Some two hundred dollars. If I do anything with it, I'll post it as a reward on your head, Worthing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yes, I believe you would, sir. Dead or alive, no doubt. Oh, All no, right, no. cut this short, <laughs> will you, Worthing? It's too wretched a diet for me. I'm gonna be sick any minute. Yes, you are. Well now, Mr. And Mrs. Hartford. You both understand the terms that Leonard Bunny and I have decided upon. We will maintain complete silence in regard to your responsibility in the matter of the murder of your uncle, the Mark of Hartford between 6 and 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, October 8, 1945. At which time, according to the knowledge shared by all of us here, a killer hired by yourselves did shoot said Markey today. Understood? How can we be sure of your silence if, as you say, Captain Carney refuses to give up the pistol? Yeah, have you thought of that, Worthing? <laughs> Indeed I have, sir. Unfortunate, but of minor importance. The theft of the pistols, according to your plans, was to be the generally accepted motive for the murder. due to their great value, uh, since they did indeed disappear. But, why worry, who who would correlate them with the true story except us? We could never be sure. My word will be kept. But that blackguard Bonnie, I readily admit I, I don't know. The proof of your guilt lives with him. He may decide that he needs more money one day, but... Yes, well, back to the matter at hand. The cost to you, Mr. and Mrs. Hartford, 20,000 pounds. Five thousand of it to be paid tonight to Bonnie, who will meet you at your home. The rest within the next seven days. But well, I, I don't see how that's going to be possible. <laughs> oh, come now! It must be possible. Let's just spend the rest of it. Your-